you're on a hot date with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm Lauren. You know how you text your friends and ask them what to wear on the first date? How to respond to a text from your crush or to weigh in on whether you should post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Join our village each week because we're serving you expert guests who are filled with tips and tricks that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our pod with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to tell a friend. We really wanted 2021 to start out with a bang and not in the current political sense. So we're bringing back the question, does size matter? But this time it's from the female perspective. So we're elated to have our very good friend, Dr. Emily Morris on to shed some light and truth to this age-old debate to see if we can put it to bed. Wink, wink. We're also going to chat about why it's important to talk openly about sex and discover greater sexual satisfaction and how you can rev it all up for Valentine's Day. Emily is an author, doctor of human sexuality, and host of the Sex with Emily podcast and Sirius XM radio show. In 2005, Emily began the podcast Sex with Emily and started approaching the topic of sex and relationships in a non-judgmental and open-minded way. In 2011, Emily wrote her first book, Hot Sex, Over 200 Things You Can Try Tonight. A year later, she began her successful four-year run as a guest co-host on the famed Loveline radio show with Dr. Drew Pinsky. In 2012, Emily starred on Bravo's popular series, Miss Advised, which featured Emily's radio show and adventures dating as a sexpert in San Francisco. She holds a bachelor's degree from the University of Michigan in psychology and political science and attended the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality. She has appeared as a guest expert on many radio and television shows and been featured in the New York Times, Time Magazine, the LA Times, and more. Emily frequently contributes to major publications such as Cosmopolitan, Glamour, New York Magazine, Bustle, Ask Men, Elite Daily, Men's Health, and Harper's Bazaar. Emily can be seen as a guest on TV programs like The Today Show, Entertainment Tonight, E!, The Doctors, and networks including NBC, CBS, ABC, and HLN. They've all turned to Emily to serve as their sex and relationship expert on a variety of segments and specials. Today, the Sex with Emily podcast is downloaded more than 1 million times each month and continues to sit at the top of most major charts. The show is available on multiple platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. In November 2018, Sex with Emily launched on Sirius XM and can be heard Monday through Friday on Stars Channel 109 from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern or 5 to 7 Pacific. As the only nationally available sex and relationship advice show on broadcast radio, Sex with Emily delivers Emily's judgment-free insight to millions of listeners across North America. Emily consistently aims to help singles and couples of all ages become more comfortable with themselves and their sexual wellness because life is too short for bad sex. And that's also why I have a large glass of wine poured next to me because we're going to get comfortable with this conversation. And also, in this case, the size of my glass does matter. The size of your wine glass does matter and what's in it matters too. She's about to give us a masterclass in anatomy. Welcome back to the show, Emily. Hi, so good to be here. You're like 
a breath of fresh sex air. <laughs> Not musty air, but like fresh air. I feel the same. I wish we were drinking together in the same room. I know. Well, I'm drinking, just to be clear. So you don't have to fear about that. And my glass is very large because in the instance of drinking wine, size does matter. Cheers to you and your new year. How have you been? It's a good question. I've been good, you know, I have to say. I mean, I have my health. I have my home. I'm working from home. I mean, I have my job. People are really needing sex information and relationship and learning how to communicate right now more than ever. I think that we need to either be loving ourselves or loving the people we're with. So business has been really busy. Um, on a personal level, you know, it's been hard, ups and downs. You know, I'm alone. I'm like searching for a dog intensely. <gasps> what? Wait, you know that we can help with that as well. How? Because I got Mochi from South Korea. If I can get a dog from Korea, we can get you a dog from LA. Try to match humans with all different types humans dogs cats whatever but yeah we can definitely i we know like four i can we can think of four people right now that can help you with that i would love that <laughs> listen love is love and we will get you that furry little lovable thing after the show but anyway so that is what's going on with you and you've got this master class out and it just seems like you're really thriving in the career aspect for sure for sure my career well i was thinking dating i'm like i'm trying to get into that now i'm getting a dog but but for my career has been yeah definitely thriving i have a really good team I was so um, excited to be at my master class to teach a course on sex education. So I, I recorded it this summer and we released it in November and it was their first wellness class. They've never done anything in the realm of wellness. You know, it's about, you know, Warren Ramsey teaches cooking or Malcolm Gladwell teaches writing, but there was nothing about, you know, definitely not about sex or health and nutrition. So they started with sex, which I thought was really brave and it was a great opportunity. I love it. I love the class. It's really, it's really, it's, it's amazing because it's, it's a global platform where people from all over the world can kind of tune in and really start on their sexual journey, continue on their journey. It's a totally untapped area and it's huge. Like people ignore talking about sex, being open about sex, teaching kids about sex. So like, it's not a surprise that it's a little bit of an untapped market and clearly a place for you to get in there because you're like the most popular sex girl ever. I mean, hello. You know, I started this podcast 15 years ago and I've been interested in the, in the space so yeah it's funny because in a way like you know we're we talk about it we're comfortable with it but the most of the world is still very uncomfortable when you bring up the word sex they blush it's shameful they've never heard anyone say the word you know it's a very um can be a very you know intimidating place for many people so I just want to break that open you know my whole mission is to get people to prioritize their pleasure and liberate the conversation around sex. And that's what I'm saying today. Pleasure, I think right now is something everyone can use or should use because if you've got a lot of alone time, or if you're quarantining with a significant other, whatever the case may be, now is the time to be, you know, talking about it and playful. And like you're saying, people are so weird about the subject and touchy about it. You'd think that with everything else modernizing, that this would be something people would become more familiar with, with the gender roles changing and all of that advancing. It seems like we're still stuck in the old timey times of yesteryear. But tell us about what's happening with you personally, because you've got all this expertise. Are you able to put it into practice? And are you dating anybody? I am dating. I'm dabbling. Yes, I have some, some things going on, but nothing 
I like maintenance. Like you, ha- I have to have sex. Like I thought, how can I go teach this masterclass on sex? Like in June when we shot it, I'm like, so I, yeah, I've got, I've got a rotation. I have things going on. This is the important question. Okay. So we're glad you have a rotation and things going on and that's like good enough, right? Better than nothing. But this is the big question. Like, how are you doing that right now? Are you like recycling old people that you like know and trust so that you're not like contaminating you test all the time like how does that look yes. with covid because that's like what people are trying to do that's a yes so i'm really safe and i make sure that i'm tested and they're tested what i love about this is that nobody ever wanted to talk about safety and testing to test the eye and now we can just have two of these conversations together yeah how do you do it emily how do you do it you just say it well, the best part is, this is sort of a, yes, I just fucking say, it. here's the thing about sex, these conversations. We are so afraid of having these conversations and it is awkward at first. It might, maybe you stumble the first time, but once you start having these conversations, are you safe? Have you been tested? Whether you're talking about your genitals or you're talking about your, your nose swab or whatever they're doing, it's like the virus, you have to be safe. And if someone isn't willing to have those conversations with you about their, about their health, if they're not taking their health that seriously, then you know that they're not going to take yours. That so it's like, I, I just kind of can just regard people a lot easier. And I, I would give that advice to others. If somebody doesn't want to entertain the conversation about healthy sex or a healthy immune system right now, I think right away they're telling you, like, keep that person out. It's interesting on, like, dating apps. Also, you can put, like, your COVID, your relationship with COVID and dating, and you can mark either virtual dating or you can say in comfortable with an in-person date. And it's interesting that the apps are forcing you to even have these conversations, too, and, and they should because truthfully, if they're trying to set you up, they're sort of part of the problem in spreading the virus unless it's done in a healthy way. But I think this could be the start of something beautiful in conversation about health and you're big on communication. So do you think that this will stick or do you think it's just going to be for the time being? Well, you know, I feel like we are very resilient and we have short attention spans. So I, I think that people might get back to the uh, the way it was, but I hope not. I mean, but I, my hope is that what I've seen with dating right now is that it's really slowed down. And we can't run around. You can't just, you know, you're not going out and having these long dinners, having or having drinks and having sex in the first, you know, moment anymore. It's much more thoughtful and purposeful. And you have a, a FaceTime date or a video, you know, virtual date first. And you really, we, we're slowed down. You actually have to get to know someone before you go to bed with them. And I, you know, I'm not like puritanical or anything in that way. Like I, I never have the rules. People always say to me, how long should we wait before we sleep with someone? And I just say like, until you feel safe and comfortable. But I think there's something to be said for when you have sex too soon sometimes, then you sort of prior, then you sort of get attached to the sex and you don't really know the person. So now what I would love to see continue is that we're having hard conversations, we're asking questions, we're getting our questions answered. Like, who is this person? Are they looking for a relationship? Because I am, if you're, you know, for example, if you're not looking for it, then I'm not gonna waste my time. Where in the past, if we had sex right away, right? You end up sleeping with someone for six months, you're like, but they, They told me they didn't want a relationship on the first date. So I'm hoping that this like slowing down, being purposeful and directional with dating continues. I think that we'll stop wasting so much time. Yeah. Sex during a pandemic is like a whole different thing. I mean, if dating wasn't already complicated enough, like it's so much more complicated now, but that sort of, that explanation sort of uncomplicates it. Like basically what you're saying is just talk about it. Like just communicate about what you want and where you've been and all the, and, and it's going to be something that, you know, you can carry into 
regular life when that happens again. That's what we should be doing anyway. That's what you've been talking about forever and ever anyway. That's like your whole master class talking about being open about sex and discovering greater sexual satisfaction. Like, so talking about it, it results in that, correct? Like that's how you're going to become satisfied more. I mean, Lauren, yeah, because that's what you asked earlier. Like, do you just say it? Do you just come out and say it? And I'm saying, yes, I just come out and say it. And even if it's uncomfortable, you say, this is really awkward. This is really hard for me. But I have to ask you, have you been tested? What What are you, you know, those questions, but also like, are you looking for a relationship right now? Are you into sex? Like, is sex something that's important to you? Now, I get that no one's there yet, probably talking about sex on the first date, but these are the kind of things that I think that we have to find out when we start dating someone. It's like this whole notion that we're just not going to talk about anything important. We're just going to ride the waves of the love hormones that are, you know, the love hormones that are making our brains go insane when you're with someone new, when we're, we're not going to ask the question. So I'm just saying, yes, you, you, you could even say it's uncomfortable, but I promise everybody it gets easier over time. Well, I want to touch on something about that, actually, how you said, like, like you asked the questions and that's important. And I'm very analytical and logical and practical. And I think I've now come to look at dating sort of like a job interview. Well, you wouldn't just take a job without talking about your salary, what the time off looks like, what the culture looks like, what they expect out of you. Like you wouldn't, you would talk to multiple people potentially, and then you would accept the offer. When people jump into relationships and is led by sex, like you were saying, again, it's it started with attraction and hormones and whatever that drug is that produces when you have an orgasm. Oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine. All those, that cocktail. And so like you're diving into something that ends up consuming your mind and your heart and potentially can give you some sort of illness and you're doing it without really thinking it through. So communication is key. And I think that we talked about that just throughout. That's like a through line for this podcast that helps eliminate complicated situations. It really makes life easier. And you can actually find out if somebody's a match. And I'm hoping, again, that this does translate. I know people, again, go back, they revert quickly. People seem to adjust quicker than they know and and change very rapidly. But it's interesting because if somebody isn't concerned with their health or your health, I actually look at them like irresponsible, reckless things that you would have seen if you were on a date and maybe somebody was drinking too much or how they would treat a server. And now we're seeing it with how they treat your health and their health. And I'm like, if this is not of concern to you, and obviously current events is not of concern to you and other people's health is not, then the greater population, then I'm pretty sure you're not going to be a match for me. And I'm definitely not going to do sex with you because you are a dirty, dirty person who probably has all the STDs and the COVIDs. So and the new strains of COVID. So I'm just not going down that path. But I also don't want to date you. Yeah, they're doubling down on all the strains. Yeah, it's a filter, it's like another filter. And not only should we be like not getting wrapped up in the fun of the honeymoon phase and the love and, oh, we're just not going to talk about any of the important things. Like you said, Emily, a lot of people we should point out, don't talk about the important things because, and I'm going to say, I think mostly women do this because they're afraid that if they talk about these things, it's going to make them look desperate. It's going to make them look like 
hey, do you want a relationship or not? What I'm saying underneath that is I really want to get married and have kids right now. I want a relationship like that. It needs to be you. And there, I think everyone needs to let go of that men and women. Like don't feel so self-conscious about saying what you want. It doesn't mean you're telling that person you want it with them. It's just saying that that's what you want and that's what you're looking for. Could it be you? Maybe. Could it not be? Okay, fine. But that's the path you're going down. So it's not telling the person that you're in love with them. It's just saying that you want that in the future. And like, I think people need to let go of that in order to not be afraid to communicate. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Why waste your time if somebody just got a relationship and they're just casually dating and sleeping with a bunch of people and you know that you are geared towards a long-term relationship? Why would you waste time with that person? I mean, granted, we've all done it, right? But (laughs) I'm saying, let's not do that anymore. It's our life. Absolutely. We have limited time on this planet. You might as well get what you want. Okay. So speaking of what you want and you actually, let's say you get that relationship and now it's time for sexy time. Does size matter or is this just a thing people ponder like everything Yeah, else? we have to go back to this because we had a show a couple shows ago with a guy's perspective and we like need you to say what you think because I, I'm pretty sure you're just going to give us the answer. No pressure. What I found in my, in my years is that guys are way more obsessed with their penis size than women. Now, yes, there are size queens, right? For sure. There are men, there are men who only want women with large breasts. There are men who want women with small breasts, right? It's, it's all a preference. But the penis thing is, I, in all these years, men are just set up from the time they understand that their penis is going to be some kind of currency one day. They think it's got to be big. It's not big enough. It's, they're constantly obsessed with it. And what I'm telling you is that women, not only don't, aren't women obsessed with it as much, it's like more about what, what I wish that men could take all the time they spend obsessing about their penis size and to switch, transfer all that energy into obsessing about their partner's pleasure. Because only 20% of women are going to orgasm with anything to do with your penis. Like, we don't even, your penis doesn't come into play. Most women have an 80% have an orgasm in fingers, mouth, your hands, or a toy. That's how women orgasm. The penis is an outlier. And so if you could learn how to please your partner and all the things that she needs to be turned on, you might find a size queen coming there and be like, I don't care what you do. You could have 30 miles and I don't care. I just want your penis. Guess what? That's not your person then. But you're, many men are going to find that, that they will find many women who are delighted with the penis and really are looking at their character and if they care about them. Interesting. I remember, so the last time you did come on our show, we talked about the guy I was seeing at the time. And I remember vaguely talking about it because he was watching the show. But I was talking about how like the sex wasn't great and your advice for making the sex better. And I don't think I went into detail because I was seeing him at the time, obviously, but like size seemed to matter in that case because of the shape. Like it was more cone shaped and like just a different experience than I've ever had. And it wasn't pleasurable and he could only do things from certain angles. And it felt very like selfish and based on his pleasure and also weird because I was like, what is that? And why does it look like that? But I like him, so I'm going to make this work. And Emily told me to at some point talk to him about this. And I, we didn't get around to it because we split, but I just don't know like that every size does the same feeling like aren't some sure maybe they don't maybe all you know make you have an orgasm but aren't some 
potentially uncomfortable or maybe you don't feel some or like, isn't there a difference there as well? Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And I just can't get the cone shaped penis. I mean, I Googled it guys. I Googled it and I think it's actually an issue. Like, I don't think it's normal. It's like Jeffrey Epstein and you're making me want to vomit. Sorry (laughs) with the cone shaped penises people out there. Okay. So this is what I want to say is that Yes. In fact, what I've heard, the majority of penis challenges that I have have come to my are about penis being way too big. And it's actually a problem because if your penis is too big, you can't get it inside. Women have pain, they're tearing, like it's painful. So to me, that's the biggest challenge. Like, I I guess, sure, maybe you can't feel some or they can't stay erect. But, but really what you're saying, Jen, it wasn't, what I'm hearing is it wasn't so much about the shape. It was about that he had to be in these specific positions, which leaves no room for you to explore and get what you need. Or maybe it was also something. I mean, I guess, and this happens, believe me, I've had, I'm not saying that, like, I haven't been with somebody who was challenged in their penis, you know, conditioning, but it, it was other problems too. Like, that wasn't the only thing. Yeah, I feel like there's other things connected to that, like, because listen, if a guy has a, what, okay, first of all, let's establish this. What is considered an average size penis, Emily? Like what inches? Is there even six inches? So if you're under six inches, if you, let's just say it's some hot dude or whatever, and he's under six inches, but like, he's all about you and touching you in the right spots and Maybe there's oral sex and there's uh, like, and then, and then once you're actually having sex, he knows how to like move or he's holding you in a certain way that you like, or he's kissing you in a certain way that you like, like that other stuff size, like it goes for me, I know it would go out the window. Like I've had sex with smaller men in the penis area and it, it, if it was, it, it didn't matter about the size for me personally, it was more about like, all of the other things that go into it, because you're right, Emily, the, the part of pleasure that comes from sex, the part that comes specifically from the penis is like much smaller than people want to admit. Right. Exactly. And then part of my, part of my mission is to, is to deprioritize penetrative sex and for people to look at sex as an entire experience with so many things on the menu. Like I even would love to get rid of the word foreplay because it's saying that Everything that comes before penetration is doesn't really matter. You know, it's as for it's just if I have, might not, because because that's to me like the greatest delight and joy and pleasure is is all of it is the making out, the kissing, the massage, the like slowing down, just discovering all the erogenous zones, not just the primary erogenous zones, but we have like secondary erogenous zones, and most people don't even tap into those. So if you look at your sex life, like it's an adventure and it's something that you're constantly like exploring and peeling back the layers, then you're less likely to get bored and to get stale and routine, which is what happens to more, the majority of the couples who don't talk about sex, who don't explore sexually. And that's why, because we have such a limited view of sex. It's all about penetration. Like what a bore. Of course, that's boring after a while. What a bore. That's why sex was not fun in my 20s. Because it was like, is this all we're doing? Oh, so we're just like doing this. And then like, that never did anything for me. Like, sorry, penis. So jackhammer, like the yeah. jackhammering yeah. in your face. Yeah. Penis in the vagina, up and down, up and down, back and forth, back and forth. It's like, okay, are we done yet? <laughs> like, no. 
like we're just happy you're done right yeah right like they're like i want to keep going like i'm holding it in and i'm like no no it's okay i've got the bachelor to watch like let's wrap this up (laughs) i've got a bottle of wine with my name on it and you can go but okay so would you then say at this point knowing what we know about sex you're an expert people at this point should probably figure it out if they're doing sex that it's a red flag if somebody puts their own pleasure first during sex versus their partners and they don't like even if you say like I mean, I've had a guy say like, oh, like, did you have an orgasm? And I'm like, no, like they didn't then make it their mission to give me also, one. I'm like, Hello? How did they not know? Are they in the same room with you? I don't know. I mean, many don't know. Not they. I just said all men don't know. But you know what it is? It's because this is where I want to give guys the benefit of the doubt. Because it's, yes, the guys, here's where you, here's where you ditch the guy. If you Take if you have a conversation with him outside the bedroom, so you're not like in the moment because that's a hard conversation to have in the bedroom. And you're like, listen, this is all the things I like. You do like the compliment sandwich. I love these things about our relationship. I love the way we make out, all this stuff. But I want to tell you something about what really turns me on. I love oral sex. I love when you use your fingers this way. This position works for me. And then if you go in the bedroom and they just go back to the jackhammer, then you can leave because you try to talk to him about your pleasure. But the majority of men, many men, do not know about how to please a woman. So they're just doing what they've always done because most women have not spoke up and told them what they need, either because they don't know or they have shame around it. See, everything goes back to the communication aspect. So I believe that most men, I think, want to be good lovers and they want to please you and they, 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 they want to show up in the way you need to, but they just don't know how. And but I thought he just shows up and he's like, I'm just going to, you know, I always think like, Maybe they don't know, but maybe they do know and they don't care either, right? Maybe they give them a shot to see if it's just lack of knowledge or if it's just selfishness and they don't care. That's a good point. So have the conversation to find out. But going back to what you said about um, men, you know, the penis size, the problem from does size matter lies more in the fact of the the penis is too large. So it causes like pain or whatever, or can't fit or whatever it is. Do is that another thing? Like, I think men think it's like this myth, right? Like, oh, okay, let's say you're larger than six inches, much larger, okay? You just think to yourself, well, I've got a big dick, so they should be thankful. Like, this is what everyone wants, right? So even if it hurts, like, well, big deal. Like, isn't this what they want? Or maybe they don't even ask. They don't think to ask because all they think is, I've got this thing and I'm giving it to you. So lucky you, right? Ugh. <laughs> yes, maybe. I mean, probably if they were always praised for their penis. And the thing is, it's like the thing about all of us with our sex information that if we it could just be like one person, like in high school or college, like you have a huge penis, you know, and then you just get this, you know, ego. Maybe everyone's like, oh, he's got a big penis. And then it's like glorified. And then maybe he develops this thing that he's like, I only have to go in and pound away. They're just going to be happy they get to be in the same room with my 10 inches. And it's just not that. Like, conversely, if it was someone shamed someone's penis, like you take one person saying, and you have a small penis. Literally, when they're like 25, when they're 40, they're calling into my show and they're like, I get shame for my penis. Like, it just takes one nasty comment. So just because someone shamed you like doesn't mean that you can't examine that and say, is this still true? And it goes back to preference. Like, some women don't care about that. Some do. Some men want bigger breasts. Some don't. Also, this is, you know, an anatomy question for you. Does this, it, it's also the receiving end. Like, if a woman likes 
a big dick. Maybe she likes looking at it or maybe she likes the way it feels. Maybe that's because the size of her vagina is different than like maybe yeah. mine or somebody else's that happens to be small and tight. Wait, I have a question too. While we're on the subject of vagina size, since we do matter as well, is it true that the more sex you have, the bigger your vagina gets and like that it gets loose? Like, is that a real thing or is that just something people say to be mean? They say it to be mean, but your vagina does change over time. Everything sort of changes and grows. Your pelvic floor after babies age and all these things are a factor. Okay, wait. So you're telling me now my vagina feels bigger and cavernous because I had a baby. Oh my God. Cavernous. Lauren. Only you can tell me that. And it goes back. Oh my God. Cavernous. Well, listen, you guys, my doctor, after I had the baby, she said to me, listen, I'm just going to give you one stitch down here, but it's more for cosmetic purposes. And I was like, listen, I'm numb. Go ahead. So she stitched and I swear guys, it looks different. And I think it's cuter. I know about the stitch. Okay. As long as you have no pain or anything. No, no. Why is it bad? Is it going to like mess with sensation and stuff? Sometimes it can, but that's just kind of what they do. It. Ha- I don't feel like it has. You had a baby, like you had a human come out of your vagina. Like everyone's going to chill the fuck out while it gets back to, to, you know, or you just kind of, you take care of other things. You get back in shape. You do you work your pelvic floor, you know, do your, do your keg exercises. Um, I've got some great, I work with this company called Yarlap and it's, it is the coolest freaking thing. It uses electrostimulation. You put it inside of you. It's like an exercise. It's like a little, like an egg. And it's controlled by this, this little unit. And you and you do it for like 20 minutes a day. And the electrostimulation stimulates your collagen and starts to rebuild muscles. And you can just, that helps pelvic floor too. You could use peggle balls, like these little peggle weights. And you can just yeah. like wear them when you work out or wear them around the house because you're naturally tensing your pelvic floor to keep them in, intact, keep them in shape. Everyone who has on their New Year's resolution to like lose weight and get in shape also put vagina getting in shape on that list yeah. clearly you can work out your badge too yes wait but okay can a man work out his peen or are we doing all the work yet again men exactly men can work out their penis for many men i have like men can do edging like if men are like premature ejaculation for example practicing edging where you're masturbating till you get to the point of you're about to ejaculate and then you bring it back down so you can kind of you can practice like ejaculatory control there is something called like pe gym or penis gym that some guy does i i haven't really looked at it. yeah men can men can do their kegels men can do men also have a pelvic floor and men can strengthen their kegel muscles and when they do they find that they can ejaculate further their erections are stronger it can help them last longer. Which, by the way, I think at this point, there's probably plenty of men out there that haven't touched a woman in so long because of COVID that maybe they should be spending their time doing these exercises so that when the day comes that he, they do again, they're ready to go and not disappointing. Yeah, exactly. I would love men to kind of take a beat, maybe take a, <laughs> take a beat, take, take a beat on their beat. When they could beat differently, they could maybe not watch porn. They could, or like change the kind of porn they want or go go back to just like touching or fantasy. But I think that that the porn people are watching so much porn right now, the whole other porn conversation could be a whole other podcast with you guys. But and I'm not shaming porn. I'm just saying that sometimes for a lot of I hear this more from men than women, but we all watch porn that eventually over time, you have to keep escalating the kind of porn you're watching. So it's getting more and more extreme. So for some men, when you hear about like porn addiction, or like porn dependency, 
they can no longer actually get aroused or turned on with their partner because they're so used to like, why, why I want a gangbang, you know, why did 10 of her friends show up? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're watching that and that's turning you on. Then how do you go back from that? You know, exactly. But I also think we're seeing like more virtual sex right now, which I think is really interesting because again, if people are doing more video chat, video dates, um, you can sort of play sexy games, get to know each other. You could get one of these Bluetooth controlled vibrators and your partner control it from wherever they are in the world. They have to be in the same room with you. Yeah. So then that, it goes back to sex, you know, the penetration part of sex and why that shouldn't be like the big whole focus. focus. Exactly. Well, it also might be a great Valentine's Day gift, which is approaching in exactly one month. So, Emily, tell us again about whatever this device is, because people out there might need to hear about it and how they can make Valentine's Day sexy with such an unsexy time happening. Okay, well, I'm I love every we vibe. I would say most of their toys right now. It's we vibe. Everyone can go to sexwithemily.com. We write about them. We've got a store on there. And they make these toys that are Bluetooth enabled. They're like, it's remote control and you can control it with your phone anywhere in the world. So one is called, so they one called the Moxie and it's Annie vibe that you could wear. Like you can even wear it while you're on lines with each other chatting. You can go out to dinner, you're wearing it in your pants. They can control it. They have hot rings you can control. Um, it's called the Pivot. They have insertion toys, like a, like a rabbit style vibe called the um, Nova. And they all, you just use it on your phone. And sometimes it's easier. You know, sometimes you get a toy and it's harder to like find the buttons and use them. You could just control it like the speed, control the vibration pattern. You can make it vibrate to music. What? That's kind of crazy. I actually think that might be the element of romance that we're all missing is that your vibrator matches your music. It does. It's really cool. Your partner's voice. I mean, there's so much you can do now with it. And the cool thing is that like you, they have this app called WeConnect. So you just send your partner a little text that says, want to connect? They're like, let's chat, lover. And then they can launch on their phone. And if you use it, you can video with each other while they're controlling it. I mean, that is the whole, it, it's all of the things, right? It's like the, the visual that you can see, you can hear, like that's basically like the next best thing. I mean, why would you not be doing that? I mean, you can do it if you're, if you travel a lot, if you're long distance or like now it's COVID and that's like something you feel safer doing. I know that's like, feels like a new sort of landscape to navigate potentially if you're just used to like having sex. But I mean, if you're open and you know that that's a possibility and that that's something that you could try and maybe use again, could carry into like normal life, like that's something you might want to try. Absolutely. Why not? Which, by the way, WeConnect sounds like a dating app. They should maybe just do like a whole other segment where they connect people who are actually down to like communicate and then have them have a product and stay on the app and connect that way as well. Yeah, I agree. I think we need more sex dating apps because I think people get the wrong message on it, but I feel like, oh, it's a sex app, but why not find out all of these things about like, are you into sex? What kind of sex are you into? You know, and then you just get the conversation going because I think what happens is a lot of us get into relationships, we commit, maybe we even get married and we've never had these conversations about sex. Is it important to you? you? Are you in a growth mindset around sex? It's something that you 
pledge to prioritize. You know, when you do your vows for your wedding, it's like, and I promise, you know, just say this standing up in front of your parents, but you talk about the fact that sex is really important to you. Like I vow to continue to be a great lover to you and continue to talk about our sex life so we can show up for each other. Because when the sex goes, it's really hard to get it back if you haven't been maintaining it, you haven't been talking about it. And a, a sex app would be great maybe for like, you know, a niche market. And I know you're saying make it more mainstream, but what about making that sexual aspect part of regular dating apps like on hinge or bumble or whatever like why not make it part of the regular conversation on those apps or a highlight on those apps so that it doesn't feel like okay now i'm going into like eyes wide shut app right now just because i want to know about sex like i'm not like gonna be part of a freaking you know orgy which is fine but i'm just saying what if you're like i'm sex is important to me but i'm not like i don't need snm orgy group sex i don't need like i don't want to go into that world like if those things if sex and just talking about it and communicating about it whether you're one-on-one or any of those other things making it part of regular conversation or regular dating apps like the ones that we all use like great like that's how to make it i think more real and regular when it's just like and here it is like your eyes are this color and this is the kind of sex you like to have or it's like how comfortable are you with covid dating and what kind of sex do you want to do once you're past your covid test you know like let's throw it all in let's figure it all out i actually have seen profiles that say like not vanilla or some initials that stand for some type of sex doing but a guy I matched with wrote not vanilla in his profile. And I didn't understand that term. I just thought that meant he wasn't like super plain. He's like cultured and has activities and like, wasn't like boring. I didn't understand that term at all. And so we went on a first date and after the date, which he never mentioned sex one time, he told me about his divorce, his son, his job, all of these things over a lovely afternoon of poke. And then I get a text later saying, Hey, by the way, I'm like Christian Grey without the billions. And I was like, oh, I'm not really sure what to make of this. And he's like, so if you're not into it, could you maybe set me up with a friend of yours who is? And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I was just like ambushed, rejected, and then like also become a matchmaker in the same text. (laughs) He wanted to, he gave you poke and then he wanted to poke you. And by the way, exactly. I love the poke thing. And by the way, why? that's what I'm talking about. Why couldn't you bring it up on the date? He has to wait. Till- I don't know. It's hard because it's really hard to have a conversation. Well, I think he thought I understood what not vanilla was. But then I think when he met me, he realized like this poor girl has no idea what anything I say means. And I should educate her because she just likes her tuna. Yeah, but do it while you're on the date, dummy. Well, it was a lovely afternoon of poke. I don't know if maybe he thought West 3rd Street was the pro- the appropriate conversational location for this, but... I at least only spent one afternoon with him. And then he's actually tried to match with me again, which is the more unfortunate part because either he doesn't remember that we had this experience or he's just trying to lure me back in. So that being said, I'm not going to date that person. And I do wish that people would be more upfront about what they were looking for in all aspects of their life. Even when it comes to like, let's go back to Valentine's Day. That's approaching like saying what you, how you celebrate, what you expect. If you want to, you know, make a whole night of sex out of it, or if you want certain gifts, or if you like roses, 
all these things or like even if you're just talking to somebody brand new on a dating app and navigating the fact that this glaring hallmark holiday is approaching how to even cross that bridge without being so awkward that you might just avoid each other altogether it is approaching we want to communicate about these things so let's just say emily that you know we're prepping for this day we want to have it be a lovely day. Everything around us right now feels so stale. It's the politics. It's human rights. It's everything. It's COVID. We don't even know if we could be in the same room with people without killing them. How can we make Valentine's Day sexy again and communicate what we're looking for? I think the first thing is if you're in a relationship, which is where most people are celebrating Valentine's Day, I've always maintained that whether we're in a pandemic or not, that you got to talk about it. I set up an expectation. I mean, I think the best Valentine's Day are the ones where you're like, what should we do this year together? And I think it's more about experiences than gifts. And I think if there's one night of the year, one day of the year where you're going to focus on your sex life, this is the one. And we have this pleasure planner that we just put up on our website. Couples can sit down and do this pleasure planner and ask all these questions about your sex life. Where have you been in the past? What's been your most pleasurable moment? What do you want to try in the future? We have this thing called the yes, no, maybe list. It's also on our website. Kissing to spanking, you know, BDSM, cuddling, taking a bath together. It lists like 80 things. And there's a yes and a no and a maybe. One of you can fill it out. And then you could see, oh, wow, you like massage. I like massage. We've never done that. You want to be spanked? I want to spank you. Like it just, it, it's tools that are going to help couples plan the next year of their sex life. (gasps) That is so good. I'm like literally going to suggest doing that for Valentine's Day. Oh my God. Wait, I love that so much, mostly because of planning and also because that inspires communication and really does the work for you. So it's it's a great tool. I'm really excited about it because I just kept seeing that. I'm always trying to come up with to make this conversation easier because I know it's hard. It's even hard for me sometimes. I don't love, I'm not like, oh, yay, I get to talk about sex today. In my personal relationship, it's always going to be challenged. But then you realize once you start doing it that you, you can't not do it. You're like, I know how much better sex is and how much better my relationships are when I talk about it. That's what I do. And on the planner, I just pulled it up. It's like plan it your next year, reflections. I felt most connected to myself when. I felt most connected to others when. I feel least connected myself. And it has all these, that it has like the edging, oral, anal play, like the yes, no, maybe part. Um, mutual masturbation, thinking, watching porn. And then you have like, I felt the most pleasure, you know, when and my favorite dates, my favorite sexual experiences, my orgasms. And you go through it and you just kind of fill it out together. You write your intentions for the year. You know, like whenever you plan out your year intentionally for anything, whether it's like business or your spirituality you know it's like your vision board for your sex life which like it's such a great thing to incorporate into your like new year new you little regimen right like this kind of thing gets ignored just like we talked about at the beginning of the show like it's such an untapped market and it's something that's really important to pay attention to and it's something that we shouldn't be embarrassed to pay attention to or talk about and it sounds like your website has like so many awesome things on it. I know I'm going to check out that little yes, no, maybe thing and make that part of my Valentine's Day routine. So again, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. So many great tips and tricks. Please remind everyone where they can find you on the socials and your website again, where they can like brush up on all these things and visit all these things. Sexwithemily.com is the website and I'm Sex with Emily on all social media. And you've got the podcast, you've got SiriusXM, you've got a masterclass, there is no shortage of information to be had. And you even take callers. And like, people need to 
tune in and get ready for some good sex because it's kind of your fault if you're not having it because there's so many tools out there and I think like we we gear more toward the female audience who's already seeking this information out but like men should listen to you because you give all sorts of tips not just about relationships but about this stuff and like edging and all these things that like I've never heard of and wondered if men could even do for themselves and you obviously have all that information so Guys, if you're listening or women, if you want your guys to listen, send them to Sex with Emily. Also, you're pretty hot. So if they want to watch you, Masterclass is a great way to see you, not just listen to you. And also, guys, while you're on the internet, tune in to our next episode where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff with our guest, former police officer and author Janelle Perez, who has an interesting relationship story and lesson to share. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And it's complicated wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to rate and comment and obviously tell a friend or your significant other because they need some help and don't forget to follow me at lauren lee and ellie on all the social meets and you can find me at jennifer golden on all the social meets love you long time you're on a hot date with jennifer golden and lauren lee and ellie and now it's complicated <laughs>